Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova from Wellspring Counseling, and today's talk is titled Habits and Spiritual Disciplines. This month on Wellspring on the Air, we've been focusing on habits for the entire month, how to break bad ones and how to create good ones. A habit is something you do automatically, without conscious effort because of repetition over time or because of an association in your brain, so it's an automatic pilot. And the purpose in teaching us all about habits is how to use our bodies and our brains the way they naturally work to help make it easier for us to be the people we want to be. We're trying to make good habits automatic, and we're trying to replace bad habits with good habits. So the first of the month, we talked about setting goals and how important it is that we be intentional to be our best selves. It just doesn't happen naturally, guys. In the second week of January, we talked about habits in the brain and learned some details about how our brains really work, how they pair things, make associations, and how we can make that work for us. And that led us up to a seminar, which is being hosted on the 27th. If you missed that seminar and you're hearing this recording, go to our website. You can backtrack and get our lessons, and you can come to us, and we can give you material or help set you up with coaching individually or group to help you with the habits that you want to create. Our third week, and again, you can find this on our website at wellspringmiami.org, we talked about habits and nutrition, and then the next week about habits and fitness, and today we're talking about habits and the spiritual disciplines, and we have one more in this series coming up next week. We're going to talk about habits of the mind and the emotions, all those mental habits that we have where we see, think, and say to ourselves the same things over and over again. That'll be next week with Christine Schlotman and I. Okay, so if you need more information, you want to go back to those shows, it's wellspringmiami.org for more information on any of those things as we wrap up this whole month of habits and how to make them healthy. Before we launch into our topic today of spiritual disciplines and making those into habits, I want to tell you that I have two guests with me today. They are Leah Byers, Executive Director of Wellspring. Hi, Leah. Hi, Tova. Thanks for having me here today. And we also have Eric Williams, one of our great specialists. Hey, how are you doing? Glad to be here. Great. All right, I'm going to introduce the topic, and then together the three of us are going to chat about it with you listeners, and hopefully we all get something very special out of this time together. So what are spiritual disciplines? Let's just start with that in case you don't even know what we're talking about here. Uh, Spiritual disciplines are habits or activities that we take on in our spiritual life. So we have disciplines that are called abstinence ones, things we avoid, and those are solitude, so avoiding other people, silence, avoiding speaking, fasting, where we give up food, frugality, where we give up our spending pleasures, chastity, where we give up our sexual life for a while, secrecy, and sacrifice. So there are a lot of things that are in the realm of spiritual disciplines that we call abstinence ones, but I want to say those are not really habits in that they are things you do temporarily, things you let go of temporarily so that you can focus on God, so that you can be reminded that you don't really need those things all the time, so that we're not driven by by our sensual and sensory needs. And so depriving ourselves of those for a while helps us get in a right relationship with God. But then we have spiritual disciplines of engagement. These are things, activities that we actively do that ideally we create into habits in our lives. So studying the Bible, 
worshiping with others and on our own worshiping God, celebrating, service, prayer, fellowship with other believers, confession, submitting to God, there's a good habit for us, and scripture memory. So that's what we're talking about today when we talk about spiritual disciplines. So as we introduce this, I want to say to you this. Sometimes these disciplines seem like work, like maybe religious legalism, things we have to do, the do's and don'ts of Christianity, and we're really not talking about that today. It may seem like this is hard to do, and that the cost of discipleship is hard, and you have to take up your cross daily, and Scripture says all of those things. But Scripture is full of the consequences we have of living our lives without engaging with God actively, and that we have all sorts of negative consequences. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard said, it costs a man just as much or even more to go to hell than to come to heaven. And he's trying to address that concept that we think it's hard work to be a Christian and that somehow it's easier not to. It may be easier in the front end to do the most instant gratification thing. But the truth is, if we follow the spiritual disciplines, if we do what God tells us to do, it's no surprise. If we follow what the Bible tells us, it actually makes our life easier. Jesus tells us in Matthew 11, take my yoke upon you. That's like a a harness to plow, take it upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so what I want to say to all of us as listeners today is the truth is, if we do it God's way, it gets easier. And if we do it over and over again, and we practice it over and over again, it actually becomes a habit. And then it's even easier than that. So that's what we're talking about. What can you do proactively in your life to make your life work well the way God intended it to do? It's kind of like if you're an athlete. And I just went recently and saw Cirque du Soleil, which is so wonderful. But I'm watching these athletes up on the stage doing these amazing performances. But they didn't just wake up one day and get on that stage and do that performance. They did it because they practiced it day in and day out. And all athletes do that. When we see they're running their marathons, running their races, doing their amazing feats in football games, which we've all been watching recently, as we watch these athletes perform, it's because they practiced it day in and day out. And spiritually, we have the same thing. God calls us to love our enemies. Well, you're not going to walk into suddenly loving your enemy in a very challenging situation if you haven't been already practicing prayer, prayer for people in your life and the disciplines of the word and, and the love of God for you so you can give it to somebody who doesn't deserve it because God's given it to you. That comes from the daily practice of your spiritual disciplines. Then you can perform in the times when hard times come, illnesses come into your family, challenges come, financial, personal. That's when you can perform because you've been practicing day in and day out. So that introduces us to our spiritual disciplines today. And we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back together to have a discussion with the three of us about how to apply those practices of spiritual disciplines every day in our lives. Are you or someone you know experiencing depression, anxiety, or family and marital issues? Professional Christian Counseling can help. Contact Wellspring Counseling at 786-573-7010 or visit their website at wellspringmiami.org for more information. Don't miss Wellspring on the air on Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. as well as Friday nights at 7.30 p.m. because our hearts and minds matter. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Tova and with me today on the air we have Leah Byers. Hi, Tova. And Eric Williams, a therapist with us. Hey, how are you doing? And the three of us today are going to talk to you about spiritual disciplines and how to make some of those spiritual discipline habits. So Leah, remind us what spiritual disciplines are for the people just joining our show. 
Well, basically, spiritual disciplines are those habits, at least for me, that we incorporate in our lives. And we do that with regularity. We do it with commitment. And it is something that over time, it becomes a part of our growing in our godliness. So we're going to talk about some of those disciplines together. But first, I want you to get to know who's with me in the booth today. So Leah Byers, she's our executive director at Wellspring. Tell us a little about yourself. I was on staff for 15 years at Wayside Baptist Church, and I served children, families, women's ministry, and also in the benevolence areas. And I have two children, two daughters, two grown daughters, one that just got married over the weekend, and I'm married to Stephen, and we've been married for 14 years. Awesome. Eric, introduce yourself to our listeners. You are a therapist with us. Tell us about being a therapist. Right. I'm a registered mental health counselor at Wellspring for the last couple years, specializing with men, couples, college students, divorce, and PTSD. And you've also been in ministry for many years. Right. I I work with Crew, a college ministry in South Florida. I've been with them about 20 years, and so just worked on different college campuses and helping people to grow spiritually at that pivotal age of college. So you listeners out there, he's a guy to come to to talk about these things. He, he knows those young people and can help direct them in those things. So let's move on in. Spiritual disciplines, those things that we do to actively engage in our relationship with God on a daily basis. So first of all, what do you, either of you have to say about what the Bible has to say about some of these spiritual habits? Well, Tova, there's a scripture that I found that is 1 Timothy Four seven, and it says, have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths, rather train yourself for godliness. And the whole point of having a spiritual discipline or exercising a spiritual discipline or habit is for us to become more godly. It's not for the purpose of doing those things to be accepted by God, but it's actually to become more like him. More connected with him and not just, it's not like we're trying to earn his love in any way. Exactly. Eric, what would you like to add to that? Well, I think The biggest question that people have is not really what are spiritual disciplines or spiritual habits, but it's actually doing them. And so if we see spiritual habits as taking out the trash, something I have to do, it's a necessary evil, a chore, chore, then you don't do it as effectively. You just do it out of obligation or there's pride that comes in as a result of doing it. But when you do it because you love it, whether it's going out with somebody you're married to or you were talking about football earlier, they don't work out just for the fun of working out. They do it because they love football. Hmm. And there's a sense when we're captivated by God, then that inspires us to do these habits and disciplines. And it's cyclical or feeds into itself because the more we spend time with God and the more we read about him in scripture and the more we pray to him and feel his presence in our lives, the more we love him and the more we want to spend more time with him. Exactly. That's a great point. Okay. So What are some of the physiological benefits of spiritual disciplines? I know we did a little research on this, all three of us, so it's kind of fun to to hear about it. Well, I want to qualify by saying that I really don't have a, a background in psychology or anything like that, but I do like to read a lot and I read a lot of different articles, and I was fascinated by the fact that there's actually a physiological change in our brain when we engage in prayer, whether it's individually or corporately, and that actually can have a healing effect. Uh, it can actually suppress our the selfish part of our brain that we engage in when we're doing other activities, and so there's it's a really exciting fact that in fact that we are created as mind body and spirit that when we engage in the spiritual it also affects our body 
Yeah, and that goes back to why I wanted to do this series at all and the science and art of habits is because there is a science to it. And as we're beginning to scan people's brains and see what's happening on the inside when we're doing things on the outside, there's a great deal of research out there that's just really interesting that, no surprise, bears out what Scripture tells us to do is good for us. It heals our body. It calms us, activates good parts of our brain. Even memorizing Scripture, memorizing anything, but memorizing Scripture will actually improve our brains. So we have all sorts of benefits, even physiologically, from doing what God tells us to do, which is love Him, worship Him, read His Bible. What are some of the others? Well, corporate worship is also part of that. Prayer, fasting, service, all of those things actually help us when we engage in them. So let's talk some nuts and bolts. Some of you guys, which are the most important of these or which one do you want to talk about first? And let's talk to our listeners about what they can do practically in their lives along these lines. You know, I think practically you don't need to make it overly complicated. You don't need to come up with 10 items that you're going to work on this new year, but just pick a couple of steps. Even this week, as I was working on the seminar that we're doing at Wellspring on this, I was just practicing silence in the car, just making sure the radio was off and just spending some time in prayer. And so maybe for you, it's fine in time to put up your smartphone, not check your email, and just really either be silent to hear God's voice or just to pray or to think or reflect on some scripture or the sermon at church this week. So just that silence piece, just taking a break from all of life and being able to hear God's voice and to meditate on him or his word or to just be still and know that I'm God, as scripture tells us, right? Tova, one of the things that is really interesting in my home, and Eric and I have talked about this a little bit on the sidebar, seasons of life or just personal learning style. My husband is very disciplined every day about how he approaches his Bible reading, and, and he's very consistent. I, however, get a little bored. I tend to need a little more different things that I do. And so occasionally I just switch and do something, read a different type of book or go into a devotion in a different way or approach my spiritual life in a, in a different path. So everybody's a little bit different in how they do that. And so it's just part of the nature of who we are. And I think God knows that. And I don't think he really condemns us for doing it differently. He, he knows how he's created us. But it is something to just be aware of when you approach these disciplines is that some are going to be more attractive than others to those of us that I practice them. I think just for a moment, let's just think about studying scripture. And I bet between the three of us, we could come up with a dozen ways to do it. So uh, you can listen to it. You can actually download it and listen to it. What else? Well, you can just read it on an app on your phone. So you can follow one of the plans that are on the Bible apps that you can get on any device. You could be very disciplined and read it straight through with a bookmark every day for 10 minutes. Read through a Bible in a year. What else? You can sing it. There's a lot of practices that people do. I come from children's ministry, and that was a lot of way of how we taught children's scripture was through singing. So that's actually something you can also do. So. See, I would not have put that on the list, yeah. but it's 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 right there. So we can be creative. We can come up with a way that works for us, whether we're visual or auditory, work within our learning styles, work within our time frame, and actually... Most of us probably need some variety, as you said, where we get it all different ways. We're getting it through a sermon, but that shouldn't be the only way we get it because we're getting it digested through somebody else. And so we do want to interact with Scripture directly. You could go to Bible Study Fellowship and study it, uh, all different kinds of things. You can go on Bible Gateway, um, which is free online, and you can type in a word and search a word. You could study habits or something. I don't know if that one showed up. But anyway, you can type in a word and study things in themes or all sorts of ways we can study scripture. So let's talk about some of the other habits. What else do you have for us today here? 
Well, I just wanted to add in about seasons of life. Mm-hmm. I know that's not your question, but I really do think there are seasons and we feel guilty. I think a lot of people out there feel this obligation to do more than we're doing. Uh, but I can remember a time when my daughter was in the hospital for a couple of months that I really just didn't have the attention span to get in the word and read it. And I just would listen to songs or sermons just because that was all I could handle. My wife, who's also in ministry as well, she felt really guilty right after she had each of our three kids that she just wasn't spending enough time in the word. But I don't think God was upset with her over that. And so she had to adjust her expectations. So there really are these seasons where it might look differently, where it might not look the same as somebody else. And we can give ourselves permission for that. And it also goes back, if you think about the time you've just had a baby, that's the time you're performing. (laughs) To me, that's when you're on the stage doing those feats, right? That the preparation carries you through and you actually have to perform because those are those high stress times. In picking up on the seasons of life, I think it's also something that comes to people's mind is wanting to train their own children to have a devotional life or engage in a devotional life with their spouse or perhaps maybe their nest is empty or they've lost a spouse and it's re-engaging in a different way. And I think there are different times and different seasons of life where you practice your devotions in different ways. And I think it's very important to model that for your children and to engage in that with your children. But I've also really enjoyed that devotional practice with my my husband, especially during the work week where we have a cup of coffee and we read a very simple devotion together and pray. And it was very awkward at first, but over the years, it's just become a very natural part of our life together. And, you know, the Bible says that you're one flesh. And so that's a, a practice that we enjoy. You know, Eric, as you talk about seasons, it reminds me that we really are also at different developmental stages spiritually. Some of us are baby Christians and we're just now being introduced to scripture or any of these habits. And some of us are athletes as Christians. We've been doing this for many, many years. And so I think we need to not be judging ourselves by other people. In the same way, you wouldn't want to judge yourself by some athlete who's been doing it for 20 years and has got it down. It's really okay that we start exactly where we are. I know, Leah, you had talked about this. I absolutely agree with that. I was thinking about uh, years ago when I was going through a really difficult time, and I had shared the story with Eric. It's not exactly a spiritual discipline, but in a way it is. I wanted to tithe, and I just didn't really know how to get started. And I was really in a difficult season of being a single mom, and what could I do? And so I committed to a percent. I didn't commit to an amount of money, but really a percent of my income. And it was very interesting. Within three months, I was able to actually bring it to that biblical level or whatever of 10%. And it was just how faithful God was because I just chose to start where I actually could do something. And I just picked something that I could do. And I feel that principle carries over into our Bible reading and devotional life. Mm -hmm. Don't start with the Matthew Henry commentary, if you're really struggling with <laughs> with reading or you don't enjoy reading, start with something simple. We use the Sarah Jones devotionals that are very, very easy to read, and they do have scripture references at the bottom, but she just has a great way of keeping it very simple. So start with something that you know that you can do or start with something that's not painful for you to do. I know some people just really don't enjoy reading, so start, like Eric said, maybe with listening or uh, singing or something like that. And even to just briefly hit on the the discipline of tithing, I think that that relates to the habit world because the way you do it is you don't make a decision. If you're making a decision every time how much money you're going to give, you're never going to give. 
if you've just pre-decided it's a habit you take this much off at the beginning and this is how it's done then when the numbers change as you make more money over time as you age or you're not so shocked by the amount it just becomes a habit and that was true for us when we were poor my husband and I and now that we have more abundance it's just a habit and it's a good thing we don't question it because it's already just a staple but let's move to some other habits I want to talk about some of the corporate habits Eric why don't you talk about that well, I just think the whole idea of community and fellowship, you know, part of the benefit of being involved in a church is that you're around other people that are growing or struggling and you can learn from them. And so if you've not joined a small group at your church, I, I think that's a great idea. One, just to, to learn content, but also just to interact with other people that have struggles to see how they respond. I had a roommate in college that got up every day at 5.30 and read his Bible. And he was a missionary kid from Venezuela. And it just struck me of how faithful he was doing that. Now, he's in the military now. It's a great fit, uh, 5.30 (laughs) in the morning every day. But it just really pushed me to take the next step. And I think being in community, sharing your lives with people will push you in some positive direction, some positive peer pressure, I guess. I actually think that's an excellent tool is to share your life with other Christians and observe. And when I was a young Christian and I got to spend time, as I said before, I was a single mom, I would spend time with families that were traditional and I would give my kids the opportunity to that. And I would observe some of their habits and practices and tried to incorporate that in my life. So I had some benchmarks to kind of follow where it came to teaching my children about God and, and spiritual practices and in my own life. So I think that there's ways to bring people to into your life to mentor you through these these seasons of of life where you want to learn how to grow closer to God and to become more godly. You know, as you talk about being together corporately, what happens when we're together with people is we have shared experiences. And and so we really are called to have shared experiences with Christians so that when we have major tragedies in our lives, times of celebration, times of loss, times of stress, and we share that experience with believers, then we become bonded with them. And to take us on a total different sidetrack, you know, this concept in our brain of bonding with people is biblically accurate. So we're called to be bonded sexually with our spouses. And if we make that brain connection, then we're going to be attracted to them for life. If we have bad habit, for instance, of pornography, you're getting that brain chemical that says, this is great, do this more. You're getting bonded with something that's a visual stimulus. And it becomes problematic and it becomes addictive. But we're meant to be addicted to our spouses in the same thing works. Well, I was thinking this through in some of my study for this, and I was thinking about how important it is to be bonded by spending time and shared experiences with other believers. So I was thinking about that with my husband being bonded with him. We are bonded by going through parenting experiences together. And so as we age and maybe our sexual drives are a little bit less, that bonding of closeness gets developed through shared experiences, common tragedies, common those things. And so the importance of having that with our spouse, the importance of having that with fellow believers, it all that led me back to the whole concept of corporate worship fellowship with other believers because that's who we should be sharing these experiences with so they are impacting our lives they are making us say oh yes they're praying for us and with us and oh yes i want to do it differently that way and you've got someone you see who's studying scripture a certain way and we we share all those things and so we are meant for corporate worship for many many reasons would it be appropriate to use the phrase spiritual intimacy there's a physical intimacy but there's also a spiritual intimacy that we can experience that is far deeper and actually far more of a connection than we can even imagine until we 
go through that process. And we are not meant to be unequally yoked. So if we're bonding with people who aren't believers, it's going to pull us astray from where we're supposed to be and where we want to be. Absolutely. I'll just add this in. I also think that as we bond with people and connect with people at church or in a small group, you know, there's sometimes when we have these idealistic expectations of those relationships. And so there's conflict or issues that come up. And really, that's that's why we need intimacy with God. You know, I've seen a lot of people that they base their relationship with God on on the peers around them, but really their relationship with God was not there and it was missing and it prevented them from navigating those peer relationships, I guess. So they're really counting on getting their relationship with God through those other things. And what they needed was spiritual disciplines to bring us back. Right. They needed those daily disciplines where they personally are praying with God. They personally are reading the scripture and letting God speak to them and having spiritual intimacy with God himself. Right. I think that can actually happen in families, too, especially for parents. I always say to people, God doesn't have grandchildren. We are each responsible for our own relationship with with him, and that includes our children. And so the best thing that we can do is to model that and to live out our faith, not just model it for the sake of modeling it, but modeling it for the sake of a transparency and a a genuineness so that our children desire to follow him. So that's kind of my, always been my bent is the family component, but I do believe that it it plays out in many ways. It's in our families, and we talked about this prior week on the habits, it's in our families that we develop rituals and those become habits. And so we as parents can intentionally create rituals and thus habits for our kids' lives that carry them all the way through. I know I, you listeners out there, I went on a total sidetrack with pornography, so I don't know if you're shocked out there, but I want you to know that one of you listening out there, this was just for you today. And I don't know why, but we went on a total tangent. You guys were surprised. I see Eric and Leah looking at me like, what? That wasn't on the script. But listeners, you know, this is for you, and it's Holy Spirit driven, and, and we trust that for you. So whatever the habits you have in your life, whatever those spiritual disciplines you need, this is for you. The question for you is, what do you need? What is God telling you? he wants from you to be intimate with him is he want your worship and praise is he want you to spend more time in prayer and recognizing your dependence on him does he want you studying his scripture does he want you in fellowship with other believers there's also even the confession you know confessing our sins can become something we do every day it might be i love the acts prayer adoration confession thanksgiving supplication it kind of creates a habit of confession is the second step and so it forces me to say and god i'm sorry for blank that's a good discipline just learning to say that out loud every day in prayer if that is a habit what else would you guys like to add in as we start wrapping up here i would like to say for those that have not developed their spiritual disciplines today is the day and you always can start over god is always waiting to hear from you and so go for it take that step take that first step whatever it is put a bible verse on the visor of your car and just look at it every day and memorize it or find some other way put on christian radio life fm is an excellent way to grow in your spiritual disciplines and to learn from others do something to move in that direction and god's going to honor it and he's going to change you you're going to see you know, I just added, just this week, I bought an, I got a new prayer app. So you can even look at the app store and find a prayer app. And if that's the thing you're going to start working on, add a prayer app and, and put one request a day or something like that. Eric? You know, I just think we live in a 
a super busy culture with technology today. There's always somebody marketing a device to take that three minutes that you're pausing or thinking to yourself, a new app on your phone, for example. And so with that microwave mentality where we want it now, we want it instantly. I just want to encourage you to take some time to yourself between you and God to really hear his voice and to recognize him. The benefits are just out of this world. Uh, You'll be more loving. You'll be more compassionate. You'll be more at peace. These are all things that the Bible promises when we do it. But I think ultimately we exchange the finite for the infinite. We exchange our human interaction with a connection with the almighty God. And I think when that begins to captivate our hearts, our lives begin to change. You know, as we come towards closing up this show, I'm struck by the fact that we're often stuck. Eric was saying that people know what to do. They just are a little bit stuck. And so I'm going to ask you guys personally, where do you get stuck and how do you think we help people get over that? I think for me, one of the most important things is there's times when I just don't feel it. And that mm-hmm. I am that person. I, I need to have that kind of leading or that feeling it. And so I have just discovered in my life that even if I'm not feeling it, quote unquote, that I just need to keep showing up because that's really all God's asking us to do is to just keep showing up. And so if it means that I need to change something that I'm doing in terms of how I'm approaching the Lord or how I'm exercising that spiritual discipline, sometimes that's what helps get me unstuck. But I just have found in my life that I just need to keep showing up. I need to be faithful in reaching even a little bit to him because his arms are long and they reach me all the time. Never forgets me. You know, I think as we talk about this issue, one of the ways that I see people stuck and even myself at times is that we just project these broken relationships. Maybe we had a difficult parent, uh, father or mother that didn't really love us well or was hypercritical, and we just project those attributes onto God. And so if we had a strict disciplinarian like I did, he was uh, in the military in Vietnam, then I just assumed some of those attributes were the way God sees me. And then when we start to strip that away then we can have a deep, rich intimacy with God. But, you know, if we had a sibling that never forgave us, then we we feel like that God's never going to forgive us, and then it's not possible. And so we have to remove some of those barriers, and sometimes we actually do that in therapy. We're talking about some of those family root issues that impede us with our relationships, including our relationship with God. Thank you for sharing that. And he's so filled with grace. Doesn't it make you just want to come let him coach you along? I do want to say this for you listeners out there. Wellspring Counseling does provide individual professional Christian counseling. And you're welcome to come to us, whether you want to talk about being stuck or you want to do some goal setting. We have some packages of therapy and helping people set goals and come up with some strategies to kind of launch people on that. It doesn't mean you have to come in with problem-oriented therapy. You can come in with goal-oriented therapy, and and we will help you address those needs. We even have some support groups that are starting for habit starting because we've been doing this. So if you're interested in a support group for launching your habits, setting your goals, and having a little bit of accountability, we have some of those starting up soon, and they will be with our very own Eric Williams. And so if you're interested in that, come to wellspringmiami.org or give us a call, and we'll give you some direction on how to do that. You can also email us at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. I'd like to just hear from you. I want to know you're out there, you're listening. Maybe if you're the one I was speaking to today, then give me an email. But if you have questions, just write us at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Give us a call at the front office. Look on our website, wellspringmiami.org, and reach out to us. But apart from those of you who come and reach out to us, this radio show is an outreach to you from Wellspring. We're giving this away to you because we believe that 
just a little bit of education goes a long way in encouraging each other, each one of us, to do the things we really want to do in our hearts. Our spirits are willing and our flesh is weak. That's what we're working on here. So we're trying to be here to encourage you to keep going with that spirit inside of you that says, I want to do this, I need to do that. Listen to that voice, be still and listen to that voice, and then take one tiny little action today to move toward those those proddings from the Holy Spirit. So again, as we close up for you listeners out there, we want you to know Wellspring also has uh, what we call Living Abundantly Seminars. We have a seminar that's happening just this week on healthy habits. We have a marital one, a parenting one. All those are coming up. Again, you can get information for, for those events at wellspringmiami.org. This is Tova Kreps with Wellspring on the Air, because hearts and minds matter. Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.